Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet. No GPS. No text messages. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Walking Dead TV Podcast, episode 171. And we stuck with our promise. Uh, and this is going to be All Out War Part 2. This is Russ, and joined with me tonight are Aaron, Jim, and Craig. Hey, hey. hey Bleepity, bleepity, bleep. Yeah. Get ready, because this is the comic book Negan, not the TV Negan. So <laughs> yes. get that bleeper yes. ready, buddy. Yes. It'll be f- finger on the button. It, it's funny, I was looking up the episode history, and we did All Out War Part 1... In February, February 10th, 2015, <laughs> episode 129. So if wow. you want to go back and uh, go through the archives and pull that up, it was episode 129. Uh, and so as we record this on August the 8th, it's almost exactly a year and a half since we did part one. So, uh, in true Robert pretty, Kirkman pretty, fashion, better late than never. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but it's funny because I, I think. You know, part of it was, I think, Fear the Walking Dead and The Walking Dead, you know, how they've kind of butted them up and just other stuff. We just we just haven't got back to it. So uh, we mentioned on the last episode that we would squeak this in before we started Fear the Walking Dead back up. And by golly, we've uh, we've lived up to our end of the bargain. Squeaking it in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just wow. wanted to disclaim something, though. I am not caught up with this. So. Um, I'm just here because, well, I miss talking Walking Dead and hanging out with you guys. So if you don't mind, Aww. but spoilers do not bother me. Have fun. Have at it. Get the hell out of here, you imposter. Oh, okay. <laughs> all, right, so, all right, guys, I'll click. I'll see you later. No, just, <laughs> I just, well, you know, can't wait to talk Fear of the Walking Dead next week. So I'm, I'm kind of like jumping at the bit here, but I'll 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 sit around for this conversation. He doesn't know anything about the dragons or the telepathic nope. sheep or the, <laughs> the hyper intelligence shades so, of blue. We didn't see any of that, man. I'm so behind, but spoil away. Yeah. It does not bother me. Now, now, as Craig is saying that, I will say that I'm only so far um, as far as the hardcover. I read the hardcovers as I think I make up quite aware, um, and I'm on twelve, which I believe goes up to. I think issue maybe 144, if I'm not mistaken, I think. Um, so, yeah. And I so I still have not read past this trade, oh, okay. so I won't be spoiling anything because I don't really know anything. I have them. It's funny. Uh, 22 I have digitally and I have physically, hmm. and then I bought 23 and 24, but I haven't, I haven't read them at all. So I'm still quite a bit behind. I get them in the actual trades. And not the uh, and not the hardcover. Yeah, I prefer those right. two. So, I get them yeah. uh, digitally in trades, and then also um, in the compendiums as they come out. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I buy them. I buy. I usually buy the trade at a time digitally, though, and usually when it's on sale. So I have I have I have this trade, and that's it digitally. So, but you don't buy the the actual paper trades, Jim. You just buy them digitally, and then when the compendium comes out, you buy the whole thing, right? Okay. Yeah, I don't, I, buy flop, I don't buy floppies or regular trains anymore if I can avoid it. I, I'm literally okay. like a, trying my best to like 
scroll to the right parts of this Wikipedia page without trying to spoil myself right now. So I'm, that's, that's what I that's a, <laughs> yeah. that's the kind of life I live when it comes to these Walking Dead issues of like what I don't want to know. Yeah. Sorry, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you, Aaron, if you go to WalkingDead.wikia.com, I don't know if you're, that's where you're at, but there's there's uh, synopses and stuff. Uh, by trade that actually just talk about the trade. Uh, I, so, I will go there right now. <laughs> uh, so you can, yeah, that way you can pull up. If you do search on their site for All Out War Part 2, you'll uh, you'll find it up. And like I said, they're pretty good about cool. not spoiling it. Cool. So just to kind of recap uh, for everyone, so Part 1, All Out War Part 1 was issues 115 through 120. All Out War Part 2, which we'll be talking about tonight, is issues 121 to 126. And uh, the big thing about this, we talked about it last time, but it's been 18 months, so I'll I'll (laughs) mention it again. These 12 issues were produced over six months. So Charlie Adler did pencil them all, uh, but he actually had somebody help him do the ink. So usually Adler does pencils and inks uh, himself, and then then Rathburn does the the gray tones. Uh, So he actually, like I said, had some some help with this one. So Stefano Guadiano uh, is his inker, and this allowed him to kind of... Move along. So even still, penciling twelve issues in six months is a pretty incredible feat. So also yeah, before the- you get before you get to the meat of the plot, however, I just wanted to mention that there are a lot. The reason that we're focusing on this is because a lot of the plot elements that are in the show right now are plot elements from this storyline. So uh, yes, um, beware if you hate spoilers. This is where you turn off, folks. You wait till the next episode. But I mean, things like Negan and the Kingdom and the Saviors and uh, and uh, Ezekiel and a lot of things that are about to come into play or started to come into play in the show. Are, this is where they the this is the source material for that. So exactly, obviously, exactly. the show is uh, you know kind of on a, its own path that very right, now now true, and again true. syncs up with what the comics doing. So you know. If, Potential spoiler. Potential spoiler. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very curious. You know, the audience that doesn't read the comic but watches the show and like how much they want to know about what the comic does versus what the book does, or what the show does. But. Yeah. So just be be forewarned. This will be a full spoiler episode uh, for the comic. So if you're not caught up, then uh, you know, listener beware. And and again, none of us have read past this, so there's not really anything for us to. Well, I guess Aaron, you've you've read past this a little bit. Yeah, Jim, right? You, Jim, you're pretty caught up. No, this is, uh, like I said, I buy them in trades digitally, and I'm, I have this, this trade is the last one I have. Oh, it's the last one you have? Why'd you stop? Alright, never mind. <laughs> I, I get them, I usually wait for them to come on sale at Comixology. Oh, okay. I guess the newer ones haven't yet, so. I'm just. I, I'm surprised. I've been like busy reviewing seven TV shows a, a week no, for the last. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Movies, so I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. Slacker over here with those reviews. Yeah, I'm well, you know, <laughs> I do see all those pictures of you with your beautiful girlfriend at the beach on the docks, enjoying the sunny day of, of disc golf and 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 uh, fruity drinks and whatnot. I'm just. I'm impressed that somehow I'm the one that's furthest along in the comic all of a sudden when I read the hardcovers only. <laughs> just to get everybody caught up so all out war part one uh the gist of it is this is this is the big standoff between rick and negan uh you know for a while rick was kind of uh, and and the crew were kind of passive about what was going on and behind the scenes rick was kind of doing his own thing and you know kind of secretly putting things in motion to to not get everybody all all crazy um and then of course they had you know the the huge fight. Uh, the last trade ended with Negan um, breaching Alexandria or, or and basically firebombing Alexandria with grenades. And so there's just grenades going off everywhere. People people being killed. Uh, walkers coming in. 
the whole nine yards. And so everything was just kind of chaos. And so that's that's pretty much where we pick up with uh, with part two. It wouldn't be The Walking Dead if it didn't. If if at some point uh, some third tier character didn't decide to do something stupid, uh, and uh, this character John decides that he so the, so it's it's John and Eugene and there's a couple other people and they're holed up in the ammo factory. So one of the things that Eugene has has done, and we've kind of gotten allusions to this in the in the TV show too, is found a way to to make bullets and. So they're going through and, and using this press and they're, and they're making ammunition uh, and they happen to be holed up in here when all this chaos starts. Um, and so even though there's, there's chaos outside, uh, this guy doesn't want to pee in a cup. So he, he decides that he wants to go outside. So John decides to go outside uh, and, of course, uh, is, is pretty much immediately attacked when he opens up the door by a bunch of walkers and then starts freaking out uh, yeah, well, um, and what a bad decision! Just an epically bad decision. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why, why? I don't know. I don't. I didn't understand. You know why he? I mean, they knew that. You know, even if the walkers didn't get him, that Negan and his guys were out there somewhere too, right? Why the hell would you? I don't know. I just didn't, this is like classic horror, right? Like, That's yes, what it made me think of, like I, the, the dumb. You know, oh, let's go outside and get some air here at Crystal Lake, or Camp Crystal Lake, or whatever. You know? And then yeah. immediately, you know, get gets eaten. So I, I have to take this as intentionally written this way and not sloppy writing. Like I can't believe this is like sloppy writing on Kirkman's part, but him consciously saying, "I'm going to put this horror movie trope in." in this book and and do this i mean we've seen this before obviously people people do stupid stuff and so i guess this is just a way to kind of break the ice on this yeah i mean uh, that's that's the best way i can look at it as far as how smart the writers are versus what they you know expect what the audience expects from them it's just the you know it's a it's an opener to the second half of this all-out war storyline so it's like all right we need to let's get things moving with some like crazy violence scene and let's just do it in a way that feels like cliche but maybe somewhat winking at the audience about it Right. So, of course, uh, the, the the crew get away from the zombies. They kind of run out the back. And who do they stumble across but uh, Negan, who uh, goes on his ep- expletive-filled uh, statement about, you know, what are they doing out there uh, while they're surrounded by guys with uh, automatic weapons pointed at him. And, of course, he has Lucille by his side. Uh, so we leave it there, and then we cut over to Rick, who is regaining consciousness because uh, at the end of of the last trade, Rick, I think it, I mean, he was concussed, but I think part of it was just pure exhaustion. Easily, yeah. Uh, so he, yeah, he falls out. Uh, they're able to get him back into the to the infirmary, uh, and uh, Doctor Carson from the hilltop is there to to take care of him, and and that's one of the other things. So at the at the end, kind of at the end of the trade. Uh, Maggie kind of comes in with the cavalry to to kind of save the day because otherwise they they probably would have been completely overrun by Negan's men. So she kind of she Maggie is the def, the kind of the de facto leader of the Hilltop gang uh, in in this. So they've they've kind of after after you know again full spoilers. So after Negan killed Glenn, Maggie just kind of decided to to split off and kind of do her own thing. And she you know didn't want to be around with Glenn's or with a 
with Rick's group at this point. There's no Glenn here, Russ. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, why? What happened to Glenn? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I'll be quiet. Uh, great, great pizza delivery shop in the sky. Sky. <laughs> uh, so much like in the show, uh, Denise doesn't fare uh, quite so well. So she, uh, she's been been bitten. Uh, and even after she was bitten, she was still trying to help people and and uh, to, and take care of them. So obviously she's bitten. She's not doing well. Heath was able to get her to the infirmary. Um, his leg in one of the explosions, his leg was blown yeah. off. And so doc- Dr. Carson was able to kind of bandage him up and, and heal him. That's not going to help him out on uh, so, CTU this fall in 24 Legacy. <laughs> it is not. It is not. Maybe they'll give him a bionic leg. Oh, I hope that's the twist. <laughs> we can <laughs> rebuild him. Awesome. We don't have Jack Bauer. We have someone that's that much better. (laughs) We have Oscar Goldman. Oscar. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He's he's yeah. He's a transfer from the what is it the OSI or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's the OSI. Same one they used in Adventure Brothers. Yes. Yes. Uh, so Heath and, and Denise are kind of a thing, and so he realizes that she's not doing well, and that the two of them. Uh, you know, weren't weren't doing so well, and so Heath is pretty broken up at this point, uh, and knows that she's going to die. Um, with all the explosions and everything else, and the concussion, Rick's hearing isn't too good. So him and uh, Carl have have a few have a few words, have a few uh, laughs, and <laughs> yeah, yeah they have a few laughs, share some beers. <laughs> but seriously, this is very depressing. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Yeah, this is dire yeah. straits for Rick and crew. Uh, at this this whole issue is on like the whole, all this stuff really is. Yeah, like yeah. The, the guy that's killing everyone and swearing is the one that sort of provides you some levity in this whole thing. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, give, uh, give Kirkman credit though for actually showing some consequences, you know, from from them yeah. attacking. I mean, it would have been easy for him to just do you know, everything be business as usual after that and have Rick rally everybody and come back strong. But instead, no. I mean. You know, Maggie's up and left because everything was set on fire. You know, Heath has lost Denise. I mean, everything is kind of falling apart. And, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that they would, I mean, a lot of times in, in these, you know, kind of stories, there, there are no consequences for those kind of things, you know, but I mean, this, I would, there really is, yeah. you know. I, I mean, I would argue that that's why we read The Walking Dead to begin with. I mean, it's right. all about every thought, the fallout of this whole apocalyptic event to begin with and what choices right. be. I mean, that's, that's largely why I like this comic so much is because, mm-hmm. you know, it has characters you think would be around still are not around because Kirkman's happy to just kill them off. Obviously, some mm-hmm. core characters right. need to remain for, you know, posterity's sake, but. <laughs> this shows it's done a lot. I mean, we're talking about Glenn. It's like Glenn. I thought was like a mainstay. Dead now. <laughs> He's dead, Jim. Oh, I know. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, though, I, Jim. I, Jim, I, I hear what you are saying, though, for sure. Though, yeah, it is. It is a you know, as opposed to just kind of wrapping things up and moving on to the next part of this story, where you have the same characters that need to be dealt with. You have yeah, a lot of repercussions based off of a you know a, a fire raid upon Alexandria. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, again, this is, you know, Alexandria has been in the comic at this point for quite some time now. And, you know, it's it's had the walls breached and, you know, almost overrun at one point that the, the crew came back from. And now it's had this. And, you know, since Rick has been unconscious for the last hour or so, he doesn't really know exactly how bad it is. 
Uh, so he, he and Andrea step outside, and she says, you know, it's it's bad. Like, it's it's really bad. Uh, and they, they've lost half the number of houses, most of them along the perimeter, obviously, where where they're able to get uh, the, the grenades uh, to hit the houses. So Alexandria is pretty much in shambles at this point. It has no, essentially no defenses, uh, and any, any perimeter uh, you know, type of obstruction uh, is either on fire or getting ready to burn down. So, uh, you know, there's pothole, you know, huge you know, craters in the streets. Yeah, there's and, a whole like, half-page so, image, splash page of, uh, yeah. of just the destruction that Negan's laid waste on based off his you know, attacks. Yeah. Uh, the other thing to mention, too, unlike the TV show, Andrea, and we obviously talked about this last episode, but uh, Rick and Andrea are a full-on couple at this point. So uh, another another reason why there's a huge deviation between uh, the you know the TV show and... But and I guess that's, that's switching point. to Michonne at this point, right? Is that what they're doing? I mean... Essentially, it, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it feels a lot uh, very similar. Too, you know, at first they try, you know, they kind of sort of are hiding it, and uh, you know, it just kind of seems like it. It just kind of blossoms. I can't, I can't say out of nowhere, but but suddenly, it's pretty sudden. I think it's and, earned. Well, I think it's earned as far as the character relationships go. And I, if anything, right, given right. both, you know, a lack of appreciation we had for Andrea's character on the show, and both just the efficiency of television, it is better to kind of combine the aspects of that character into one. In this case, Michonne for the show. Uh, we're on the comic; yeah. you can kind of spread things out and play it a little better. So, I mean, but yes, yeah, so, so, the the TV version is certainly kind of placing Michonne. More or less in the position Andrea Andrea would have been Andrea would have been in compared to what the comics doing, but pretty much where the romance yeah, began right, though, right? right? I mean, because before the romance, it was like I mean they were fellow warriors, but it didn't really like you know. Yeah, I think I think the TV show actually pays that off a little yeah. better personally because there were little hints and nods to it. The the Andrea thing kind of just like yeah, it was up. it like, was kind of like a, a well, of... you're here, I'm here, we, we should start screwing yeah. like yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> the um, the Andrea in the comics though is a lot more capable than the one on the TV show though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the Andrea in the comics is like a dead yeah. shot and like mm, a really like yeah. Good, well, that's, that's good, what know, I was fighting, fighting that's, group uh, member as opposed to Andrea on the show wasn't so much and. That's why, you know, I think you're, you're spot on when you say Michonne is kind of taking that spot because she's like the capable warrior type that Andrea is in the book, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying as far as like Andrea's like- character, whatever their choices were to make with her as far as the show goes regardless if that was the plan all along I mean we talked last week about Lori Holden apparently having like an eight year contract or what yeah. have you like regardless of yeah. regardless of what the actual plan was for her initially versus how it ended up it just wasn't working and it certainly didn't position her to be a character that right. would supply the same kind of role she does in the comic book where you know and where we are with the TV show now it makes a lot I mean again both you know you, you limit the number of characters you had so you can have more time with each one of them as opposed to spreading everybody out and michonne it's, you know she yeah she very much fills that kind of a, a role that you know the both the both the book has and something that gives rick something you know more to do besides you know brood a lot like so he has a, he has an actual person he can care about besides just carl yeah or the entire town is one <laughs> and i think from a capability standpoint i think sasha really fills the void of that character. Mm, yeah. I, I feel like Sasha has a lot more in common with Andrew comic book Andrea yeah. than 
you, you know than than TV show Andrea had. With That's Andrew, fair, especially when you look at Andrew. the kind of the the num- the people she that Sasha has lost on this show and mm-hmm. her relationship yeah. with, well with Abraham yeah. now, but just in general with the other characters. Yeah, there's a lot you can kind of extrapolate from mm-hmm. what they've done with Sasha to kind of make up for certain gaps filled from as far as living up to what the comics been writing. Yeah, both lost siblings. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's decided at this point that they're going to head to the hell- hilltop, that they have to leave a- Alexandria. And I think at first they thought that it was going to be a, a little bit more of a fight from Rick because he's he's become so invested in Alexandria. And even he realizes, no, it's it's we've got to go. It's we have to get to a position of strength and not a position, not try and maintain a, a, a stronghold in a position. of weakness. When the going gets tough, old one hand gets going. Yep, yep. <laughs> So he he goes to talk to Ezekiel and Michonne, who they are now, I, I guess a couple. I, I mean, pretty much a couple. Although they, again, they're hiding it. I think more more so than yeah, Andrea. Yeah, they are. And, but and that, with that said, Michonne is definitely the alpha in that relationship. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I don't care how many tigers Ezekiel the, has. Michonne is winning. Yeah, <laughs> I was just saying, she's, she's the alpha over a guy that that carries around a tiger. For God's sake. And sadly, the tiger is no more uh, at, at this point. He, we lost the we lost him in the uh, in uh, the first. I'm sure. I'm sure the AMC executives had a breath of fresh air where they saw that happen in the comic. I go, oh, good. We don't have to keep having this tiger. Thirty five thousand dollars an episode in CG. Oh, thank God. It's only three episodes. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that he's trying to get them on board to come back to the hilltop again, can, kind of consolidate their their strength and uh you know while all that's going on uh, jesus uh pops up and uh y- you know he y- he says that you know eugene is crew over on one with walkers you know he's like almost like, the way uh that adler draws him it's almost like he's in a panic um you know because he's he's like running you know the, the image of him running up and and saying all this stuff and then there's a couple panels later where he just has this like completely distraught look on his face and you know he's just kind of man of action rick is typically a man of action but after everything is that they've gone through rick realizes like hey there's nothing i can do about that right now like we can't we they're on their own we're gonna have to figure this out later which again you know we've seen many times over this comic where they've mounted rescue missions or they've had to go after people and at this point rick is is thinking a lot more sensibly uh maybe maybe concussion is good for rick grimes maybe uh maybe it, it kind of not gets seeing him images of his dead clearly. wife or whatever now you're saying jesus yeah it, I mean, the tv show said jesus but that's who it is it, it, it's interchangeable I, yeah i mean yeah i guess i should call him jesus i always i always call yeah. him jesus but i guess i guess jesus is probably it's the gentrified amc version of, of the character uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go but i i mean rick is certainly i i i'm a i think i've established it before i'm a huge fan of comic rick uh not necessarily my favorite character in the comic but i like comic rick a lot and um regardless of the kind of the different ways he goes and yeah at this point in the story like he he's very much level-headed he has he doesn't have any illusions about yeah. the position he's in and it leads to smart decision making and it also leads to me having to deal with a story that i can be invested in for other reasons and not have to worry about whether or not the leader of this whole thing is going to be someone that proves to be useful or not i'm just like i'm on the go with this character who gets it it's like all right let's move let's go guys yep agreed 
So we cut back to Denise and Heath, and Denise finally uh, passes on, and uh, Heath is just completely grief-stricken, and uh, Michonne happens upon him. And then we cut to, I guess the what the funeral. I mean, they've they've, they've buried the dead. They've they've set up tombstones. They're having their their little service, uh, and and everybody's there um, to say goodbye. Who's leading that service? I don't like, know. Yeah, I it's like a full. It's another uh, half splash page image here, and it has like someone standing in the yeah. front here. I'm trying to think of what characters are around that would possibly lead this kind of conversation. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and what they'd be talking about. <laughs> God loves yeah, us, which is yeah. why he brings the dead back to life to eat us all. Like, I don't know what that conversation is like when it comes to funerals. <laughs> Talk about a rough gig, man, being a preacher yeah, yeah. after the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah no kidding. To, uh, to uh, Father Gabriel <laughs> about that one. No it's really wor- God's really worked out for him so far. Guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we come back to Andrea and Rick, who are packing up their stuff. To head out, and uh, you know, he says, "Nope, he's got everything." Uh, he looks down at the phone and says, "Nope, nothing else." So, again, Rick is—I think Rick has moved on. Like he—he he knows what he needs to do, and I think part of it also was that he knew that um, that Lori wasn't on the other end of that phone, and I think he needs to make sure he stays level-headed because, uh, like the the stakes have never—I mean. It's funny saying this in the Walking Dead comic, but like the stakes have never been higher at this point. It was right? a cakewalk so, up until this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no sweat until until yeah. now, you know. No, uh, no pressure. But he's got to stay level headed, and and the, you know the, everybody is counting on him. Everybody's taking his advice. Everybody's looking to him as a leader now more than ever. And I think he looks at that phone and realizes if he get if his head gets back in that space, if that sucker rings. He knows they're, they're in trouble, right? In trouble. Okay, so. Uh, yeah, so he leaves it behind. So I thought that was really cool. I mean, it was, uh, you know, a symbolic in a lot of ways. I mean, you could look at it, too, as the fact that now he's with Andrea, the fact that, you know, some time has passed, you know, all of all of these things that, you know, that kind of culminate How far with back is the phone at this point from, from this? Is the far, what was it? Is, after, is it after the governor? When Lori died, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you're talking, you're talking like one or two. It was like a trade after... Like two trades maybe after that, so you're talking like uh, fifty, like somewhere around the sixty or yeah, late fifties, right, so early. So it was 60s. a while back. This phone thing. Right? I mean, it's yeah, a, yeah, it's a pretty obvious four, image to call back years. to. So it's like it's not like it's like what is that again? It's like it's no, you yeah. There was that time Rick went crazy and talked <laughs> on the phone a lot, but it's like it, it yeah. is kind of a you know you, you look back at those like wow that was such a long time ago. And even you think even about the um, the TV show where it's season like, oh, three, yeah, season yep. three, like for right. first half of three season three at this yeah. point, like that's a long time ago for that phone thing. So, it was pretty abbreviated in the show. I mean, yeah, in the, the book, show they they drug yeah. that. Th- I can't say drug it out because it, it was kind of an interesting um, point of drama for Rick as. And a they contained it in one episode in, in season three. Uh, I think the phone thing you, it pretty much wrapped up in one. Yeah, yeah, it, yes, exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, it was cool in the book because you really didn't know where they were going yes. with it. Is it like are they getting supernatural? Right. Is it? You know what was? Well, yeah, because yeah, didn't it last more, a lot longer in the book too than it did. It in the does, show. yes, yeah, and it and it leaves yeah. more of room in the imagination because you can only glean so much from what's going on on the page here. You can kind of piece together where it's go or like what's going on, but at the same time, there's there's more intrigue, like you're saying, Russ. Like there's you know there's something yeah. there where you're like this is this is another level here. Where I'm kind of enjoying to see what's going on with Rick, and I just you know I like Rick more on the comic than I did on the show at that point. So it's like all right, <laughs> yeah. 
It was creepier in the show. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Just the, the voice was and you know, and they and they were doing some fun stuff with it. Remember the the show they had like the they different, brought him back. The different the cast dead ones from the first season. Yeah, they brought yeah. back. Yeah, they brought back. What's her name? Like Jack, ja- Jackie. Jackie was it, um, uh, Andrea's sister. Uh, Jim and uh, what's his Jim. name? The guy, good old Jim. Jim. Yep. Yeah, old Jim. Jim. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is where you are safe. So we cut back in his face and. Um, you know, basically threatening Eugene and telling him he's he's gonna you know castrate him if he doesn't uh, uh, you know if he doesn't tell him what's going on and Eugene is just is just not giving any of it. He doesn't even really say a whole lot to be honest with you. I mean, other than he just I think he says no, I won't. And then the rest of this is just uh, is just Negan going on. I, I love the panel uh, again. The trade doesn't have the I, I'm not sure what page it is, but it's it's the it's the page after we cut back to Negan. And uh, so on the on the left hand side, there's like a like a three quarter length uh, half width uh, image of him grabbing himself, and then over to the right, there's like this cl- extreme close up of like uh, Negan's belt line and and uh, Eugene's face, and he kind of has that sneering like looking away, like like dude, come on, man, like. Like seriously, you're gonna that, that right that's there? inappropriate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have sure, to talk to somebody in HR about this. I'm sure Jeffrey Dean Morgan looked at this yeah. panel like I'm in. Like that's what he's yeah, this is <laughs> sign me up for I get to do this to the guy in the mullet. Sweet. I got to beat up women in Watchmen, and now I get to do this. I I am just rolling in the like, between between this and my much nicer roles on other shows. I'm really making an image for myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, I go from Thomas Wayne to. He does have a nice tough guy line here, though, you know, like when he's he's saying, you know, he tells Eugene he doesn't want to do any of that bad stuff to him. But he says, I do stuff I don't like all the bleeping time, which is that's a bit. And that's I mean, there's good shit as much as I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Negan. I've said this before, uh, but I do like the way he evolves um, as I Mm -hmm. read more about him, because when I get past the kind of bravado he presents, there are a lot of shades here because Negan's clearly established early on. He's not a guy that uses like sexual violence against people. That's not a thing he does. He's made that very clear and he punishes his people that do try to do that. So like seeing that or like, you know, recalling that and then looking at the way he treats people when he needs to be in this kind of mode, it is while it's you know reprehensible there is some neat layering to what he has to do in order to get things to go his way that i can somewhat appreciate yeah i i I sometimes see negan as maybe like kirkman's second chance at the governor almost like if he was more mature as a writer like he is at this stage of the book that maybe he would have went that direction with the governor instead of the direction he went in or maybe not i mean this is all just just me i've never i've never heard that question posed to him or put that way but it just seems like given the fact that he's stuck around longer that he has a different code of conduct obviously i mean you you don't want to make a clone of him i think that was the biggest fear when he first showed up it was just like oh well, it's i think that's governor. that's the line you have uh, to walk when you create like arch villains for this kind of comic series sure. it's you don't you don't exactly you don't want to make a clone so you have to go a different direction and i don't i don't necessarily think it's chalking it up to kirkman's evolution as a writer i mean sure certainly he's probably gotten better just because you don't get worse as a writer um but i i would right. say what he did because i i do like the what he did with that governor character um in, in the comics it's not the it's it, there's a, it's certainly a personification of evil it's not the most layered version of evil but i don't think it's a badly written 
kind of presence of evil or presence of a villain in this. And I think it's just he wisely True. takes some different steps to give you a different sort of villain that is still something that, again, is a personification of evil but in a different way. But not to, not to yeah. put too fine a point. The, the one oh. thing I will say is, and maybe because I'm used to reading it in just really large chunks, is the dialogue to me just gets old. Like, after hearing him use all this flowery, crazy language and it's just – F-bomb, F-bomb, F-bomb. And I get he's trying to make a point that this guy, that's just how this guy talks. But, like, when we go three pages of it, I'm just like, okay, I, I get it, man. Like, I... I and that's I, why I don't like the character all that much, because it is, it's a lot of that. That's Yeah, I, think, I, I, see, I see Negan as much more of a nihilist than the governor was. But the governor was very much, in the, in the show, uh, was very much about trying to maintain the status quo. And then the... Um, in the in the comic book, same deal, but to a more brutal extent. Um, this I mean, Negan compared to the governor seems like more of a nihilist to me. Like things mattered to the governor, things don't seem to matter to Negan. Well, I think really. that the and the other difference right, is Negan's. Right. I think is a smarter person than the governor is. Right? I think yeah. he, he probably he had to oh, like sure. you're saying, Russ. He had to have grown into this role of where he is. Um, at the same time, I can imagine him being, and that I mean that's a lot of what this whole issue and and the relationship down the line is between him and Rick where there's a kind of he's a sort of an anti-Rick of sorts where they both probably approach situations from the beginning in a very similar matter and Rick went down the line where he is where he's you know ostensibly good while Negan did not go down that line he probably evolved past what he considered to be or what we would perceive to be good to what his own version of what good is for the great for the greater good in his eyes um and again while I agree but for us, I do get tired of kind of the all of the dialogue he has uh, in order to make sure that we're aware of how <laughs> swear happy he is. There is some interesting layering uh, as far as who this person really is underneath it all that I can admire to in a point. I guess we're going to see a less swear happy, I mean, we have to, version of this character on the show. I mean, there's no way they can drop the F-bomb on cable. I, I honestly, it's not going to happen. I, I honestly wish they would just bleep it and then have it uncensored for the Blu-ray. I think there's... I, I, I get ever, that, Jim, but I think there's a there's a limit to even the bleeping that you can do as far as that yeah. kind of work goes. And, it, and I th- I believe I've read that they've been doing like two different takes on every scene as well. Oh, so yeah. the, the uh, unrated cut or something mm-hmm. on the Blu-ray, right? That's what they're going to do. I'd imagine. Yeah. Mr. Robot? Yeah. Yes. So... Yeah, oh, they're yes. doing a lot on that show. Yeah, yeah so oh, the, the version. So I caught up on season one on Amazon, and it's full f bomb. Oh yeah, that's hard. Yeah. They pull the fade they on that the one. Fade like, on when they the say show, it, yeah. They, they they yeah they go like that. Yeah. They they lower the volume yeah. for half a second. Yeah. So I was yeah, I, I was yeah. curious, but it's funny because I think I'm trying to think if I thought like the first episode. I think the pilot they let him fly for, for not the pilot. The first episode of season two, I think they let it fly, and then uh, they, they have it. It's or, it's been this gets into more um, it's not inside baseball, but this this gets into another realm of discussion. But I think if I had to guess, I think there are shows like that. It's, it's certainly it's the t- it's not necessarily the time frame, but there's shows like that, like on USA where Mr. Robot. It's not a widely watched show. It's just ha- it's a very it's a critical favorite, obviously, and it has its audience. And I think. Th- because as Jordan's established, Jordan from Jersey, now from Boston, as established previously on the show, <laughs> um, 
it's not as if cable's beholden to stand the same standards that that regular cable is. They can they they're allowed to do whatever they want. It's just a matter of advertising. And I right. think because Mr. Robot's not a show that you know has the kind of audience that Walking Dead has, they can do that to a point where they can even pull the the, the fading on the audio and let them say the things they want to say. I think they do that actually when they air it later on in the night. Like when, that's like, what I was going to ask. Because yeah, when the, they ask it, like the first episode, yeah. I taped it ten central instead of nine yeah. central. Uh huh. And and so I th- I was curious if that's maybe what because like Comedy Central does that now too like one a.m. Yeah. they'll show like unedited versions of their roasts and stuff like that. Yeah. We're, we're, but it's not the F word though. Oh, is yeah. it? it? No, yes, with the F word. Oh, yeah. it is. Okay, no, I thought the S word was allowed like on those channels. No, yeah, they're uh, it, okay. I think tele- tele- they don't over the cer- Yeah, television is certainly evolving in that matter. Mm. And I think if I had to guess, I think it's because Walking Dead is just so popular. I think that I, because it has such a big audience, it really does become a challenge for them to want to tread that line of whether or not they can do this thing because they know, regardless of if it's appropriate or not, younger people watch these shows and not pe- people don't approve of that. It's not they don't have yeah. to answer to a, a board of you know, the FCC or whatever, but at the same time, there it is an advertising thing as far as what advertisers right. will allow their advertisements to be shown with a show, and that leads to those kind of decisions. It certainly affects the show as far as a level of what you necessarily want to hear from an adult program, and even in certain episodes like that one season finale where Rick's like, "We don't know, they don't know who they're messing with." It's like that's not screw, yeah. that's yeah. not nearly as people. powerful as it could yeah. have been. Regardless, well, of they the they show. shot that alternate take exactly. though. That one was on the Blu-ray, right? Yeah. yeah. So I mean. These are that's all speculation, but I have to think that because The Walking Dead's so popular is why there's more of a question of what limits they want to go to with it. I mean, do you think Walking Dead would be that much better of a show if it was on HBO? No. Mm-hmm. I the only I mean I think they would be more gratuitous because that's just what you do when you're on HBO, not because HBO story, encourages that kind of thing. Yeah, yes. not because in the the story necessarily, but because it's like, hey, HBO, got to have boobies, got to have F bombs. But Walking Dead is right. not a if, you know, Walking Dead, the, the book, is not really gratuitous in what it's doing. It has yeah. a character that's presenting himself because that's the bravado he uses to intimidate people. Mm. And it has its share of gore because it is a damn zombie novel. But, I mean, it's not a, it's not a show that's, you know, there's no, there's, not, there's no nudity in this book. Like, there's, you know, there's, I mean, mm. it's safe for, like, maybe an issue or two where it's just like, oh, my God, I can't believe I saw you in the shower. Like, whatever. Like, there's not like it's chock full of things here that, are, you know, are there just to, you know, excite the audience in some way so I, I guess how many bad b movies have we zombie movies have we seen over the years where there's just tons of nudity swearing and it's like it, it makes it like cheap whereas the walking dead because they were constrained to quote-unquote regular cable it kind of elevated it almost i think it's better than it was on amc it made it, it forced them to do things that you know that made it a little bit more classy if there is a way to say that I if guess. i'm not mistaken you know, i believe hbo passed on the walking dead they did yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay they sure did where are we in this book? <laughs> All right, so back, yeah, back to the book, back to the book. So, oh, we're doing a book. Oh yeah, we're yeah. doing a book. Uh, so Negan leaves Eugene. Uh, Dwight comes in, and this this is interesting, you know, because again, we're getting this Eugene that's starting to kind of come into his own. Uh, and you, you know, again, spoilers for the comic, but Abraham is dead at this point, which profoundly affected Eugene. Um, and he's he's starting to kind of man up a little bit, and he's feeling his importance with the group. We'll, we'll see that a little little later on as well. Um, but he's he's not buying into to Dwight as well. And Dwight pretty much says, "Look, this is what he did to my face. He stuck an iron on my face. Uh, you know, if I could take this guy out, I'm going to do it." And 
you know, I'm working with Rick. It may, you know, it may seem like I'm, you know, not all on the up and up, but I'm, I'm doing the best I can. Like I can't, I'm not going to put myself in a position where I'm going to be killed right outright, but I'm also working to try and get rid of this guy. Cause he's insane. And, uh, it's funny cause we get to the end of that and Eugene has that, that, look on his face and you could see Dwight's like, yeah, he's right behind me. It, it's really well done because, I, you know, the first time I read it, I was like, oh, man, I bet you Negan's standing right behind him. Uh, mm-hmm. And we, we turn out it's not. It's Carson. And, uh, you know, Carson basically says, yeah, I, I heard exactly what you said. Don't you don't try and play it off as, uh, you know, you didn't. And Carson wants in. And the interesting thing is he says, I, I'm, I'm not the only one that thinks this way. There are others that feel this way as well. So, you know, again, it's it's that situation with Negan where people are – he is intimidating. People are intimidated by him. He has his circle of power. But there's also people under his thumb that don't really agree with what he does and how he does it. Uh, but they do know that he's keeping them safe. He's keeping them fed. Uh, and, you know, so in re- in return, they've got to do some things that maybe they're not so happy about. So, And I'll, I'll be curious to see how this season plays with that because, you know, yeah. it's – Obviously, you know it's only it's it's been very specific on how to present Negan and the Saviors at this point because you're not supposed to know too much about him. They're supposed to be this, right. this, this mysterious entity essentially. This season now can really delve into that, but so far, you know, you have no hints of that really as far as the show goes. You know, yeah, you, you wouldn't you know you don't know what to think of Dwight right now on the show who has the iron face, but you wouldn't you know he he uh, he shot Daryl. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. everyone everyone's inclined to hate this person forever right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so back at the camp, uh, Maggie and Brianna are having this conversation, and you know Brianna tells her about how she's in charge. You know they're worried because now they're taking all these extra people; they don't have enough food. But she trusts in Maggie, and she says, "And Maggie's like, wait a minute, I'm not in charge." And Brianna's like, "Yeah, you are. You you laid out Gregory, uh, and you started telling people what to do, and you've kept us safe. You you know you 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 got us you got us out here. You got us back. We're all safe." So you you are you're the you're the leader and uh, so it's kind of again we're seeing Maggie kind of come into her own which again we've kind of seen this on the show as well where she's kind of taken this leadership role so it's I, I like the fact that we're kind of elevating Rick is kind of a different leader and I think I've I've even mentioned this on the show like R- Rick is your wartime leader he's your you know General Eisenhower he's your you know General well, Grant. Grant exactly yeah yeah <laughs> man. On the same page, I know. Yeah, what you, I'm a history major. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, we get that, and then you know, Maggie's a little more, you know, uh, administrative in her in in her duty. So I, I like the fact that we're kind of seeing uh, the, these two different styles come up, and they're not butting heads with each other. Or I should say, at least not yet. I you know how that plays out down the road. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, for the show or for the comics, so I'm, which is why I'm, I think um, Lauren Cohen's pretty safe on the show as far as who Negan's killing, I, let alone I Rick think, and Carl. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with you. I, 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 I do for yeah, a variety yeah, of reasons, right. and, you, right. and Eugene for that matter. I mean, I just think yeah. they're they're two essential two things that need to happen in the story for them to be killed off right now. But see, I, I suspect. I mean, this could happen that they swap Eugene for Abraham. Like see, maybe, I can see, I you, can see that. You know maybe, what I'm saying? Maybe but, Eugene is the one that got the bat. And no, wait, oh no! I, I see. I because of you that bullet okay. making, the bullet making stuff. It's like I don't. I don't. Yeah. You showed that to Abraham he, though. He did show him that little room. Abraham doesn't know how to make bullets. Yes. Okay. <laughs> he's not Eugene. Oh, You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm smarter than you. He knows what to do with them, not how to make them. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he doesn't know how to make beans. He just beats people with the face with the can of beans. Yeah. <laughs> 
So this is our the next few pages are kind of our quiet time. So you know, with The Walking Dead, we get a bunch of stuff that happens, and we get some quiet time, and it's it's a lot of pairings off. So it's it's Rick and Andrea having their kind of quiet moment with each other. It's Ezekiel and Michonne, which is interesting because Ezekiel thinks she's asleep, so he pretty much confesses to her that I'm not going to be weak anymore. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to be strong. That you know this this before was just a practice run, and. They make a point of showing Michonne being completely stone faced, and uh, and then Ezekiel says, "I'll do I'll do better tomorrow when you're awake." And you can almost see like she's got a smile. So I don't think she was asleep at all. She was just listening to him. Oh, for sure. Um, so we get that. Um, we see Heath, and you know, Doctor Carson is is mending up his leg uh, and and trying to do the best he can uh, with with the wound the way it is. Um, we get Rosita, and I'm trying to think of who. Uh, Olivia. Olivia, and so they kind of have this conversation because Rosita's starting to f- have feelings for Eugene, even though she doesn't admit it, and so they kind of have a bit of a conversation. Um, Alex and Jesus kind of get to have a little quiet moment with each with each other. Uh, so again, everybody's kind of, uh, you know, just just kind of settling in in for the night, and then. Uh, of course, then we have to cut back to Negan, who has a bunch of walkers chained together, lined up, uh, and he's standing in front of them. And he's he's figured out that they're going to use the walkers as weapons and not meaning like, hey, we're going to cut them all loose and let them just overrun everybody. He means literal weapons. They're going to take, you know, he's taken Lucille and gummed it all up with walker nasty. Uh, and he's instructing all of them to just take their weapons and uh and basically use them against the uh, the the Alexandrians and the hilltop people and the kingdom because he said we don't even have to kill them anymore. All you have to do is just basically wound them and then they'll start dying off. Uh, and then, you know, obviously that's going to cause all kinds of chaos because, you know, people think that they're just wounded and it turns out they're, you know, they're dying and, you know, when when you – start dealing with that on a mass level it it just you know everybody you know it, it's it, almost like um uh you know like like uh psychological warfare uh you know as as much as physical warfare it's that, chemical that warfare essentially <laughs> yeah exactly it's like a combination I mean, I'm, I'm honestly surprised this hasn't come up earlier in this story this seems like such a yeah obvious thing it's like yeah use if you're trying to i mean as horrible it is for you know the idea of itself it's like if you want to kill other people Use what Walker blood seems to be a pretty good way to get to that point. Yeah, but it's it's interesting because they've like slathered themselves in it, which you yes. assume would get in like orifices, orify, Russ. Let's not let's not get into the logic of this. Let's just agree ah, that it's a good yeah, idea. For I weapons. was going to say they're, they're ostensibly all infected to begin with, right? But they used to really be worried about yeah. scratches and stuff. Where they're not worried about that anymore. It's weird. It's like this. Yeah, it's changed. Seems I like mean, they're a little fast and loose. Yeah, yeah there's there's yeah. there's some there's some pretty big holes if you want to talk about how porous your skin is versus what you can do and not do with Walker blood and scratches and what mm. have you. But yeah, that's a you would think a, at this point a, that somebody would have been scratched up and uh, you know come in contact with Walker goo. So. That, that's a job for Max Brooks, not us. True, so true, true. So in D and D terms, this is a plus one attack uh, save versus infection. <laughs> yes, sure. Uh, so Rick goes down, and he actually commissions the the local blacksmith to try and rig him up some kind of arm uh, or a hand, I guess I should say. 
uh, and he's all over it. Like he's all excited that uh, that he'll get to do that. It's I call it a, a, dead, a chainsaw, a, a dead eye puncher. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, so the group arrives back at the hilltop, um, and Rick starts to take a pretty aggressive stance on what they need to be doing. That they need to regroup. They need to push the, the you know, push the advance. Like they can't. I mean, yes, it was important for them to all kind of be in one place. Yes, they, you know, they needed to do this. But they, the, the more they sit and wait and heal, the more Negan has the opportunity to do the same thing. And he thinks it's important to just keep pushing. Um, and so they get this plan together and how they're going to, you know, send some of the other, like the, the women and children, they're going to send them offsite. It, they're going to send some people with them. It's going to give them a, a way to flank. And he realizes, you know, it can't happen. You know, he's going to need a day or two to to get it all in motion. And, uh, he says, you know, I just, he, he says, let's hope Negan and his men take longer than that to come after us. Smash cut to (laughs) next page. We attack at sundown, (laughs) um, which I thought was really cool. Um, so then it, it just pretty much comes with Negan giving his rallying cry for the troops, uh, to, to get him, to get him going to attack Alexandria or to the hilltop rather, um, Carson goes after Eugene, uh, breaks him out. Uh, he, in turn, goes and gets the other folks that were uh, pull, pulling together all the ammunition, uh, and they they make their escape. Then we get the scene with Carl and Sophia. So since uh, Sophia... And, Re- reminder and, that Sophia is still alive in the walk. Yeah, right. Sophia is still alive. Uh, Not a zombie. Yeah, because they moved, she moved, you know moved all to the hilltop quite some time ago. But what was funny is this – and on this page, Carl is very much like a little kid again in the way he's acting. Uh, and, and up to this point and then after this point, we see him acting um, much more like an adult than a kid. And so, I, I, again, it just seems intentional. Like, okay, here comes this, this girl that he – you know, basically was his only friend for quite some time. He hasn't seen her in, I don't know what, maybe six months at this point, maybe four, four to six months or something like that. I'm not sure the exact time frame it's been since, since they've seen each other. Um, that seems about right in, in the comic, but in, yeah. in the time frame of the story, yeah. about six, maybe six, nine months, something yeah. like that. Um, so they, it's kind of like the, Ooh, you're an icky girl kind of thing going on. Uh, and I don't know if part of it is, because the way that Adler draws uh, Carl in this in these panels, it's almost like he's trying to hide his face. Well, obviously, I mean, he keep, obviously keeps the hair down so so people can't see it. Um, but just the way he angles his head away from her, and we never get get he's never looking directly at her full full on. That maybe that's part of it is he doesn't want her to see him that way either. So it was just I, kind of an interesting, you I know, certainly, just kind of a one-off. I, I, I certainly think it's a conscious effort on the the part of you know on, of uh, uh, Kirkman and, Ad, and Adler, just like as far as what they're trying to establish with in this kind of little mini sequence here, where you have a reflection of innocence essentially and how that's going compared to everything else going on. And if yeah. you have Carl continue to be as you know gung ho or mature or whatever you want to call it as everybody else. You know, that doesn't really separate the character out where you have him interacting with someone that's his own age and you get a kind of a slice of life look at like what it is that these characters would be going through from a kind of a stylized perspective, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And you you guys haven't read <laughs> to where I am now as far as where, what Carl's going on. So. <laughs> nope. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, 
so again, the the group are uh, having a meal in the morning here, getting getting ready. Uh, and Rick's having a conversation with Andrea about going back to Alexandria, that, that they're going to, um, you know, build it back up again, that, you know, he, he, he believes in Alexandria. He wants it to work. And once they get past this, that, that's going to be something they're going to go back to. Inter- interrupted by their meal saying that they're on their way to get everybody ready. And, of course, Negan shows up at the gate. He's got his walkers in hand. The guy manning the gate does a pretty good job of making like he doesn't know who Rick is. And uh, Negan gets fed up with him really quick and just says, you know, somebody shoot this MFR. And uh, without hesitation, uh, this poor soul gets shot right in the head uh, and falls right down uh, on the ground. And so Negan, of course, again, goes into his expletive filled tirade about getting uh, again, getting Rick out there. I, I like when he gets frustrated. Adler does a really good job of showing Negan frustrated. Yeah. So, you know, after he's yelling, and the guy goes, Rick, I don't know who, I don't know who you're talking about. And you see that he's like got his he pinches like the bridge of his nose and has that, you know, look on his face like you guys are killing me, killing me with this. Um, well, it's because he can't, you know, he can't exert his force over someone that's ignorant to who what's going on. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. so it's instant for and I can completely I could relate to that, not in the way he does, obviously, but in terms of like what he's trying to establish is not functioning properly, that can be endlessly frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Of course, you know, screw him. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) So, of course, he's at the gate. He's lost his patience. He's had enough. And uh, he tells the men to gum up the weapons. Uh, They they roll right through the front. And the minute they do, they get totally opened up on. I mean, just automatic weapons fire, totally taking out everybody that was in the truck. And uh, Negan isn't too crazy about that either. And at that point, Rick kind of uh, presses the advance, uh, and they all start start charging right at him. And then the next several pages are just this you know huge fight with you know Negan's men, Rick, you know the hilltop, you know folks, uh, and everybody kind of going going at it. And uh, you know several people are killed. Negan uh, thinks he's again, even though he's not forcibly taking over the hilltop they've inflicted enough damage by a breaching the fence letting some walkers loose injuring these people infecting them uh, that he's got them negan's able to kind of outflank rick he tells dwight uh to go ahead and shoot to shoot rick uh and dwight does and at that point of course they think okay dwight's in on it as well uh rick gets shot with a bolt right through his his right side uh and so Negan has a huge smile on his face. Uh, so at that point, we cut back to Doctor uh, to not Doctor. It's a lot of action. There's not much to comment on. It's just a lot of action. Yeah, yeah I, I, I do want to say I do want to say that I really like the um, the quote unquote camera angles. Yeah. During this sequence, oh, I really yeah, like yeah. the, the I really like the way they portray the action in this. I mean, it's very uh, very visceral, chaotic. Know, yeah, really, for sure. And chaotic. It's really really well done. Yeah, you got, you know, stuff – you got a lot of alternating direction, you know, where stuff is coming in from the left hand in one panel. It's coming in from the right in another panel. It's like you break the rules of traditional storytelling where you, know, you don't really know what, you know, what direction things are coming from, yeah. uh, which is which is pretty cool. And, you know, it has to deal with not having a Daryl to blow up tanks and stuff. So, you know, <laughs> being able to do that, you know, it really, yeah. makes it really makes it special to look at. <laughs> or shooting rocket launchers at the water, you know. Yeah, yeah baby. Yeah. Uh, 
so we cut back to Eugene and, and crew, and they roll up on they, as they're heading heading back. They roll up on a bunch of walkers, and they see a guy perched up on the on on the rooftop. So uh, Eugene tells him cut the lights off so he can't see, uh, and they're basically surrounded at this point by by walkers. Uh, so this is all very cinematic. A lot of cuts, you know, where you're you're telling two stories at the same time, and so we get a bunch of action. We cut to to this other scene, then we get a bunch of action and and cut back. So it's it's very uh, cinematic, or you know, you can easily see this you know going on on the uh, tel- on the TV show if we ever get to this point. I'm sure at some point we're going to have some major confrontation. I read some um, of this in like the toughest guy voices though, like 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 Jesus yeah. at this point where he comes out and it's like found one. And it's like I got this. Get rid of the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I love that you know where where he says I found one, and then we get Jesus that comes up and just whacks that dude in the head. You know, it's, just, it's a very Jesus move. Like you just yeah. see this guy flying, you know, kung fu move, you know, seventies uh, kung fu movie style, just right right off the the side of the panel. Um, and so again, uh, at the, at this point. Uh, you know, it, it, darkness is fully set in. Like it's, it, there's no more daylight at this point. It's very dark, and they do a lot of really cool stuff with negative space. Nobody really knows what's going on. Nobody knows where anybody's at. Um, they're able to get Rick uh, inside uh, for the doctor to look at him. Uh, Carl's out. You know, able to to shoot off some guys so they can get Rick in. Um, and then they're able to 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 shut to shut him out. Uh, and at that point. As all that's going on, Michonne and Ezekiel and, and all those guys come up from behind and completely outflank Negan and all his men. And so he's kind of hosed because they're they're getting hit from behind because the, the lights from the cars get flipped on so all the snipers up top can, can shoot at them. Uh, and these guys are just getting mowed down left and right. Uh, and at that point, uh, Negan realizes uh, that he has to, has to retreat. Uh, we cut back to Eugene. They're able to kind of get the get the jump on the dude. Uh, I guess his name was Donnie that 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 was up on the sniper up top, and uh, Eugene pretty much pushes him off the off the the top of the building. And they're just going to set up camp in the top of this building for the night until morning hits, and they can head on back to to Hilltop. Yep. Then we get a cool double page spread at the end. Uh, I guess the, this this would be an issue break. I'm assuming, where we see the truck push through the gates of the hilltop. There's a bunch of walkers kind of roaming around, uh, and debris pretty much all over the place. So as as the sun is looks like it's coming up at this point. So now it's Michonne and Jesus's job to. I, I take it that is Jesus, right? That yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to clear out all the walkers that that were able to to roam on in, aka the and easiest the, job these two could ever possibly <laughs> have together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Uh, so at this point, you know they're kind of assessing the wounded, um, and Rick they they're putting a lot of attention on Rick uh, and his his injury. But the the you know the other people that have are injured are starting to run fever, uh, and they're starting to get sick, and they're not doing well. But Rick seems fine, and so. The doctor is confused because he's like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, why are these people, they, you know, they were just routine injuries. Why are they, you know, basically getting as sick as they are? When um, um, when um, Dwight shot 
Rick with the arrow. Even though I was like, okay, yeah, Dwight's not, like, he's he's trying to miss on purpose or what have you. There was a there was like that split second. I was like, oh no, but Rick will be infected now because he shot him with an arrow and surely he coated his arrows with like zombie guts. No, like and, and then I was like, okay, he's gonna be fine. Everybody else, good. Okay, <laughs> he's immune. Worrying over. <laughs> yeah. Even though he took yeah. even though he took a crossbow bolt to the gut, he'll be fine. So at that point, uh, Jesus brings in a knife from one of the one of the saviors and the doctor realizes now that that basically they the, this muck was on the knife before they even got started and so he realizes that uh these people are, were basically infected and so everybody freaks out thinking that Rick is going to be next um and Negan is kind of licking his wounds but he's basically at this point biding his time because he knows uh, he he knows Rick is on borrowed time, and he he knows Rick is kind of the linchpin of that group. Like once he goes down, uh, the you know the chaos of leadership will allow him to come in, and you know he thinks that the, everybody else is just going to fold, or at least you know pull back, or acquiesce, or you know sue for peace, or you know whatever it is you, you however you want to refer to it as. Uh, but but Rick is the linchpin, and he's probably not wrong in that respect. I mean, may, you know maybe. He doesn't anticipate as strong of a leader as Maggie's becoming, but I think in this difficult time, no, this war would be over if Rick died. Yeah, I mean, like as far as you need him steamrolling over everybody else. You need a wartime consigliere at this point. <laughs> you don't need a. You don't need a. You don't need Tom Hagen. <laughs> it's right. Yeah, you, right. Need, you need James Con. <laughs> you, right. you, 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 yeah. you need Sonny. You need Sonny. Such a hothead that boy. <laughs> Um, so of course Eugene comes back to the group and everybody's kind of making peace with everybody that uh, I guess it was uh, uh, yeah uh, so it looks like uh, I forget his name but but uh, the, the little boy's name is Mikey and his, his father's the one that's going to die from being infected yeah. uh, and he basically died saving Rick and so Carl comes up to him um, after after he passes and it's a really cool conversation that he has he says you know Somebody's going to tell you you get used to it. Uh, that you know, you know, being scared and sad is okay. You'll learn to ignore it. You'll learn to deal with it. And he he, he says, you know, don't listen to him. Hold on to it. Remember it. Don't let yourself forget it. It's too easy to lose. And then he says, I'm sorry about your dad. So that was a really cool. Uh, it was a very strong Carl moment. I thought. And I mean, the- we had this weird kind of awkwardy Carl moment. Um, and the same kind of almost the same kind of panel structure too with like this full page just this one page dedicated to it uh, but this was like a really strong uh, Carl moment and that, that's what I'm talking about as far as how they wanted to pick Carl because we full well know that Carl is matured a lot more than you know what he started and so you give us you know a slice of there's a Carl in there as far as the innocent Carl we once knew but he's also much like his father he's a realist as far as how to handle himself yeah. in a situation yeah. and he's been brought up that way at this point So then we cut to Rick, and he's like, okay, it's been 12 hours, and I don't have a fever. He says, I'm not sick. So he realizes Dwight's on their side because Dwight shot him, and it wasn't with one of these poison arrow things. Uh, so that means he's got to be on their side. So they, they realize that that's, that's kind of the key. You know, so, again, they're, they're looking at, at trying to, um, to, to get to the point where they can outflank Negan and, and get him situated. Uh, so we cut back to, again— Maggie and Brianna are kind of having this conversation. And uh, at that point, they hear gunshots. 
and Negan dun, dun, is back. Dun. And uh, uh, he, <laughs> yeah, he's kind of feeling his own right now because he feels like, okay, it's been enough time. Rick is, if he's not dead, he's really close to being dead. So I'm, I'm going to come and, you know, basically make my demands on my final stand. And, you know, he even says, I know Rick is dead. He said, you know, scrape up whatever passes for the leader and send him out here. Really presumptuous of that, Negan. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm. And again, this would be a cool, like, this is a very cinematic thing, right? You know, the villain, you know, raises his hand triumphantly because he feels like he has uh, surpassed the, the hero. And then, you know, it turns out the hero is alive after all and rises up above him. So I'd love just, to see you know, I'd yeah. love to see the show play with that, like, as far as what we yeah. know about how, what Rick's situation is. I, I don't know how they could pull that off necessarily. Or, that, that, you know, they could just replicate it exactly if it does go out, you know, the exact way this book's playing out. Uh, but I'd be, I'd be curious to see just how well they can handle us being in the know on the status of Rick compared to what Negan thinks is going on in this situation. Yeah, yeah. I suspect this may go down pretty different in, in the show. Yeah. I mean, there may be, like, you I, know, I won't be surprised. Of I guess similarity, but I think it may, it may go down a little bit different than this. Yeah. 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 Things usually do. Yeah. So this is where Rick and... Uh, Negan kind of have have their big, ha, you know, have their big standoff, um, and so you know Negan thinks he's got the position of power. He's like, "Look, you're weak, you're slow moving, you know, you're on your last leg." And then I, I love it. Rick says, "Let me put this in words you'll understand." He's, he says, "F you," and Negan's like, "Like what? What?" And you know, and Negan says, "Look, I let me let you on a secret. I don't enjoy killing." Um, he said, "You're a little Asian friend. Sure, it was it was." neat once i started but i never wanted to do that you made me do it so again it's like the bully blaming you know the the victim you know it's it's your fault that i had to do this if you would have just basically gotten in line it would have been fine um and then rick tells him you must be the stupidest effing person still alive and negan is like it's, well, what? it's such a baffling choice that rick's making it yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> And it's awesome because like Adler uses he double panels the the bottom like and duplicates the image and the first one he's just just standing there and the second one he goes what so it's just awesome like he's he's totally not expecting this out of Rick that he's he's gonna come come back at him um, and he and he tells him like look you know what wh- wh- what are you fighting for like you know we're we're fighting a psycho we're doing this so we can live. Like, this is what we're doing. You know, you're doing – we're fighting you because you're a psycho um, that, you know, that's going to kill us if we don't give us, you know, half half our stuff. And, you know, he basically tells them, like, it, you know, if you want to half our stuff, fine. Then you need to do something to earn it. You know, let's, let's, let's build something. Let's – you know, th- there's a huge whole world out there. There's not just these little communities. You can have anything you want. You know, he the world is so big and there's so few people, he can almost take over an entire city if he if that's what he really wanted. Like there's no reason to you know to 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 be this way. And so they get, you know, they get into this to this huge uh, you know, philosophical discussion and and it's mo- it, and in a strange turn of events, it's Rick doing most of the talking where we're used to when Negan is on the page that he's doing 90% of the talking and it's usually just an expletive filled rant. This is the table's turn. It's <laughs> getting Rick doing most of the talking. And when Negan does talk, he's not 
it, it, you could tell he's not used to being talked to this way, and it's not just an f bomb laden rant. I mean, yeah, they're still in there, but he's not stringing, literally stringing f word, you know, f bombs together to make some other crazy, you know, three part f bomb, uh, you know. Uh, swear word. This is kind of what I want, like a Hillary Trump debate to go like. Right <laughs> <laughs> this is like how I want. Oh, to but you know out. it won't. <laughs> <laughs> so again, they just you know he he just goes on about how they can rebuild everything, and then and then we just get the single. It's it's almost like he gets it at that point. He's like, wow, like I, I guess I never really thought about it that way. <laughs> um. And at first, I kept thinking, "Oh, he's playing Rick. Like he's totally playing him." And w- when is the t- you know the table going to turn? When's the other shoe going to fall on it? And uh, and he says, "You know, hey, I think you're right. You know, I, I guess we could you know split up tasks and we can you know delegate security and construction and we can do all this stuff." And Rick is like, "Yeah, we could do this and we could do so much more." And uh, and Negan says, "Well, he's like, you know." If you're willing to see things my way, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I am," and then at that moment, Rick, it w- awesome full page page splash. Rick pulls up the knife and just cuts uh, Negan's throat. Not enough to kill him, and not enough so he'll bleed out immediately, but enough that he's going to need medical attention here pretty quick. It's very much a purposeful uh, way of handling that situation, as, fo- as opposed to he just tried to lash at him and missed. He did. He definitely tried to cut his throat in a way where he will not die if he's not if he's treated in time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and again, this comic does a, you know, sometimes we get shocked for shock's sake, and sometimes we just get so used to being shocked. This was a really cool moment for me when I read this of being shocked and in a really, really good way. Like in a way, I haven't been shocked with this book in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that Rick was able to turn the tables on him, because Rick is for the most part, is fairly altruistic about stuff. Like, when, when he's making peace, he's making peace. When he's making war, he's making war. And so for him to go through this whole multiple pages about how they can do things better and he wants to work with them and he wants to, you know, all be together and for him to turn around and cut his, you know, cut his throat like this, it was a pretty cool moment for me. I mean, I, I was really... I mean, to me, this is one of the... Uh, you know these these few pages here are some of the best stuff that The Walking Dead has been in comic form. I mean, I, I'm I, you know as as much as I kind of fell off after issue 100 and what happened to Glenn, I'm I, this kind of has, has brought me back around to what this what this book can be again. I, I, I for one thing, I think you should look, you should be looking forward to actually reading where things go from here because it does go into some interesting directions. Um, as far as this you know this stuff goes right here. I agree. I, do, I think it is very well written. I do. I, I, I like that it. it's definitely involving Rick in a scenario where he's pretty. He's saying what he does believe in. It's not like he's playing Negan in an effort to get closer and closer to him without him really thinking about it. But it is playing into Rick's you know ideal philosophy of how things should be playing out in this world. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's well handled. It's well handled without feeling inorganic or untruthful to his character. Yeah, absolutely. And I am. I, I think, you know, I, I read this back when, when I thought we were going to do this as kind of as two parts. Uh, back back a year and a half ago, I read, you know, uh, 20 and 21 at the same time. And I just had a bunch of stuff going on and didn't get a chance to really uh, uh, finish it out. Uh, but, yeah, after having read this again for the show, it's got me jazzed up to pull out the next trade off the shelf and, and, and keep going. So, uh, 
so so I definitely I I, I will heed your advice. It, uh, I just I thought this scene especially would just paid off so much and so well. Everything that happened before. Yeah. Um, fun, I mean, it's so often I read comic books and, uh, and you know, there's a great serial story, but they just don't stick the landing. You know what I mean? They don't give you that, that resounding climactic note at the end of the story that's like, yes. And when you're reading it by yourself, you're like, yeah, cool. You know, it, it's, it's a rare and rarer thing. And this is one of those moments when, you know, when Rick is kind of playing Negan to get close to him to cut him like that, I was not expecting that at all. And so it was a great payoff. Great personification of the two forces at work. Now, on the TV show, we've um, seen this really good with stuff. when he disposed of Shane. You know, he kind of got got close to that little close talk thing, kind of worked him a little bit, and then got him with the knife. Yeah, didn't go for his throat, but he kind of you know you know. So we didn't you know in the yeah. comic book Shane was disposed of yeah. differently. I think it was more of a gun gunshot or something to the neck. Right, it was like a bullet wound to the neck. Carl did that right. Which, yeah, well, Carl got him in the- It's the kind of thing I think that'll play well as far as if you watch this series and you see how Rick handles Negan eventually, if they do play it that way, that it it won't feel unfamiliar to Rick, to for you to see Rick doing things a certain way to get close and get to what he needs to get done. Yeah. So at that point, Negan's not going to go down without a fight, yeah. even though he's... <laughs> He's in pretty. He's in pretty bad shape. Uh, he's he's still not going to go down. And we get these cool two. You know, Maggie again. Maggie steps up. She's like, get the snipers on the wall. Let's go. So she's again. She sees Rick is in trouble. She's taking charge. And then Dwight on the other side is like, nope, stay back. Let him fight it out. You know, this is you know the two main villains going at it while the you know the stormtroopers watch. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Obi Wan and Vader fight it out. Uh, so you know while. Rick is not in great shape, and Negan is bleeding from the neck. The two of them start going at it, um, and at that point, it's too late. Michonne kind of leads a charge against Negan's men, and so we've got two things. You know, instead of standing by watching him, Michonne kind of breaks it up, and so they, you know, there's there's a shootout, and there's you know, uh, Rick and uh, Negan going at Negan it. Negan breaks and, uh, Rick's leg. That, <laughs> yeah, yep. but at that point, Rick uh, Negan has had enough. He grabs up Rick by the leg and breaks it. Uh, again, that right half, that poor man, like that right half of his body is just like yeah. loses yeah. his hand, gets shot in the gut, you know, gets Jeez. his leg broke. Um, He's half the man so he that, used to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so at that point, uh, while Negan is trying to revel in his victory, he's also had tremendous blood loss and passes out. And so while this one guy's getting ready to kill Ezekiel, uh, Dwight shoots him uh, in uh, in the head with uh, with an arrow, and I love that he's it's like get that arrow out of his head before somebody notices. Like I did that to my own guy, like otherwise this is gonna be a problem for me. Um, uh, so you know, again, Negan's laid out, Rick's laid out, Dwight's there, um, and you know, Dwight picks up Lucille and says, "Look, I'm 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 on I'm on your side," and. Um, you know, now that Dwight has Lucille, he kind of gives his moment. Yeah, he, he has the conch. Look, <laughs> yes, exactly. He says, if you want to survive, you'll follow me as you followed him. So Dwight is clearly asserting his leadership of the saviors at this point. Um, you know, and, and he basically says, look, we don't have to be afraid of him anymore, his rules. Like, give me a chance to do right by this. Uh, and you know, at this point, everything is is kind of co- calming down, and, and cooler heads are prevailing. 
so the doc comes up and Rick is adamant that Negan that he has to save Negan's life and I think we'll see why in a moment but I think there's again multiple reasons one I think if Negan does die any of the the Negan sympathizers in the in the saviors are going to come unhinged and probably go after him and two, Rick has a motive for why he wants Negan to stay alive, and we'll see, you know, when we get to the to the very end, you know, what that motivation is, which I, I think is pretty is pretty powerful. Um, <clears throat> so as as Rick heals up, he he's talking to Maggie, he's talking to Andrew, he's talking to, to Carl, and says, "Look, he's he's got to, you know, they're like, yep, he's got to die. Uh, everybody's everybody agrees, and and Rick is like, no, he, that's not who we are. If we if we kill him, then we're just like he is." Uh, you know, we, we can't do this. Uh, and, and Maggie even says, you know, he says, he says, you think the man who killed Glenn should live? And then when Rick kind of gives his, his reasoning and his speech, uh, Maggie finishes it off by, he says, I don't know. He said, I, I think Glenn would like that, um, which I thought was really cool, you know. And I, th- I think at this point, if, if Maggie gives her blessing to Negan to stay alive, then who are they to say that he should die? Right. Cause if anybody has the biggest ax to grind with this guy and reason for him to, you know, to be thrown off a very tall cliff, it's, it's Maggie. Yeah. Maybe Dwight, he did put an iron on his face and the other, but you know, no, yeah, true. no, yeah. The death of Glenn is not even that hurts. A lot. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, 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 um, I, I like the overall idea here. I feel like if it came down to me, I'd hang this bastard. Right away. But I mean, oh yeah, no, no take him out with Lucille. I mean, come on, he needs to get a, no question go out a, the way he took other people out, right? I mean, yeah, you know, it's such a, but it's such a, it's a, it's a, a great way to change things up as far as how to handle a villain like this, and obvious, and it's you guys have not read yet, but I mean, it's going to lead to some interesting territory later down the road as well. So. But will this satisfy a television audience? I mean, especially after this this crazy cliffhanger that they left the, the, the fans on, is leaving yeah. this guy alive going to... Yeah, because... It's, it's not going to sit well with Carol, either. Yeah, yeah. I, I think <laughs> leaving... You know, the one thing leaving him alive does from the TV perspective is, A, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is a good actor. He's probably going to play this character very, very well from what... I mean, we've seen it so far. So we're not going to want to see him it, go, is what you're saying. Yeah, we're, we're, I, there's I, no I think, bearded flashbacks with him. Yeah, I think he'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I, yeah. God, I, I know. I like the governor. I did. I like Morrissey, but I guess uh, this guy's probably going to be better. You're right. It, yeah, I, I think they, maybe they'll just write it a little smarter. I, I think it's okay to leave him around. And and again, so as we finish up with, with the book here, uh, you know, they're talking about, you know, gathering their stuff, going back to Alexandria, starting to rebuild. Um, he's wondering where Carl is, and Carl has a gun and is ready to shoot him. And Carl's like, "Look, I have to do it." And he, he Carl tells him, "You're wrong." And Rick says, tells Andrea and Michonne to leave him alone. And, and so he, he tells him, he's like, "You know, we if we kill him, we're we're no better than he is, and in fact, we're worse." Um, he and he says, "He let us both of us live when he had a chance to kill us." He said, you have to trust me on this, taking someone's life. It's, it's something we did when we had to do it, but things are different now, so the rules are changing. And, uh, and Carl's okay with it. Like, he's reluctant, but, but he's okay. And he tells Carl to wait outside. And uh, he, knows, he knows Negan's awake. And uh, he says, what now? And he says, you know, now we're going to rebuild and, you know, gonna and, watch. and you're going to see it. You're, you're going to see I'm right. 
And he says, you're going to rot in jail until you die an old man, Negan. He said, you're effed. And that's how that's how this story mm. ends. And I just that could I, be satisfying. That, there's I, I, something I satisfying yeah. about taking somebody that was so convinced that he was right about the world cool. in, in sure. Negan. I mean, Rick is the same way. Rick is convinced he's right about the world, but they, they both had different ends. And for him to basically stay a prisoner and you know grow old, knowing that he he was wrong and that the, you know this this you know man with one arm. Uh, you know, proved him wrong and and was able to defy his, uh, to have his tyranny way. and bring out yeah. a, a different <laughs> yeah. world order that's way that's way more ambitious in a way that doesn't involve taking the easy way of maiming people. I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> especially in a society where it's. I mean, I, not to get political about uh, about our current times and, and whatnot, but. This isn't a society where they mass incarcerate people, right? I mean, you know, this isn't a society where there's a bunch of people in jail. Like, he's he's probably one going to be one of a handful of. And again, I haven't read on or or know much, but you know, they haven't really had to deal with putting people in jail. Uh, and and so for him to be one of the, I'm assuming few or one person that's getting locked up and and segregated from society uh, is is kind of an interesting concept for. Uh, you know, for this book and for for ah. the story. And Morgan was building a jail on the TV show. That's what I was ah. just going to say. He tried yeah. to do that with the uh, the wolf guy. You know? Yeah, I seen it. Aha. Okay. There's the spoon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's the spoon. I get Chapter it. two get done. It. Okay. <laughs> no kung fu. So that's all out war part two. Awesome. It reads overall. Would you guys? I mean, what'd you guys think? I mean, Aaron. I mean, is this like uh, you know? I, I I won't do you know out of five or ranking yeah. or anything like that. But just like, do you feel that this story is you know kind of a in the high, if not high, the high point of the of the series, but definitely like kind of taking you know, and Jim, same same for you, taking it kind of back to bringing it up as opposed to you know. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of unevenness, maybe uh, through throughout its history. I, I would say, given the you know the kind of the stature of Negan and what that presents to the series, um, a, a whole you know having a, a whole finality to this you know portion of the sh- of the of the comic series is satisfying in a way where I felt challenged by it, where I didn't necessarily agree with all the decisions that were being made as far as the character level goes. Yet I could understand where they're coming from and kind of going over it again and again, because I do that with these things where I disagree with them. I've I've come around to accepting not only that, like, this is an interesting way and a very satisfying way to go, but one that 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 makes me feel very, I don't know, emotionally satisfied with getting the chance to think about something so critically as opposed to just getting an easy way out of like dead moving on next chapter. Um, and so, yeah. so because of that and along with all the, you know, the action and what have you, like, it's just, it's a very well-told portion of this, uh, you know, ever, everlasting story. I also think, uh, you made a good point, Russ, about it earlier, almost as being like, uh, Kirkman's second bite at the apple on the governor, uh, or his, you know, take on another kind of like, you know, nihilistic despot. And, uh, I, re- I don't know. I really thought this, this story paid off well. Um, it stuck the landing, which I really appreciate in a, in a long, longer serial form fiction. Um, and it, it plants a lot of seeds for different things, different elements that they could or could not use. I mean, th- this coming season. Um, I, uh, I don't, it's, it's, I, it's interesting. I, I don't mean to 
suddenly <laughs> drop out here, but I actually really do have to go right now. <laughs> but um, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I very much enjoyed going over um, All Out War uh, with you guys, and I, uh, you know, <laughs> I'd say I look forward to getting back to Walking Dead and with Fear the Walking Dead, but I'll just say, yeah, that's going to happen soon, and we'll be talking about you it. You are. Don't don't try to hide it, Aaron, okay? Don't try to play it cool. Aaron's got to go catch Flight 462. 462. And, you know, Aaron's trying to play too cool for school, but you are looking forward to it. I know you are, man. So that's yeah, it. I am. But no, that, that, <laughs> thanks, Russ, for, for getting you know getting getting us through all this, because it's, it is a, it's a good journey to go on. Yeah, no problem, yeah. man. And uh, with that, I'll talk to you guys later. See you in Mexico, buddy. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> so any final thoughts jim anything else you want to you want to add to the to the conversation before we uh we wrap just, it up just i mean we've seen how they kind of i don't want to say remix but kind of at least shuffle around story elements from the book into the you know the show we see like the big set pieces from the book but with different context and different uh points of view than we would in the show you know what i mean like we saw the governor come at the prison with a tank but everything was different than well, we, you know, when we originally saw that scene in the book or, you know, things like that. So I could see a lot of these story elements coming over into the next season or two even um, of the show. And uh, I don't know, like I said, this is about where I, um, I I fell off with reading the book, but this is a really satisfying story arc. And uh, I hope they're able to translate at least some of that cool stuff to the to the show. I'm looking forward to it. And listen, Russ, great, great synopsis. I didn't read this, but just following along with you, it sounds like a really cool story. I'm going to eventually catch up, you know, reading, but I'm looking forward to season seven now more than ever. So this is actually pretty cool. I can't wait to see how it lands on the screen. It's a good book. It's about yeah. zombies. Maybe I'll, I'll check, check it, it out. out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool, man. I, yeah. It's very popular with, with the, the young, young folks. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, all right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you know everything you guys are saying. To me, that you know, it just kind of reinvigorated me a little bit. Uh, I, th- I think maybe part of it too for me is I read a lot of Walking Dead, pretty much every trade it was coming out, um, and then it's it's one of those things like once you kind of like I said, once I hit issue one hundred and kind of got to that storyline, and then I got behind on a trade, and it's one of those things where like once you get out of the habit, it's easy to just kind of stay out of the habit. And uh, so I, 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 I'm, I'm glad we finally got around to revisiting this because I'm, I'm thinking it'll respark my, my interest in wanting to get back on the train. So um, I will, will report back as we, as we get further along to see, uh, to see if I'm still digging it. Awesome, so, sweet, awesome. This episode of the Walking Dead TV podcast is brought to you by DCB Service and In Stock Trades. And since we're talking about All Out War, there are a bunch of items they have this month related to All Out War and The Walking Dead. Uh, first, on the DCBS site at dcbservice.com, you can get The Walking Dead Artist Proof Edition of Issue 100 for $11.99, as well as The Walking Dead Artist Edition Proof of Issue Number 1 for $11.99. And these are giant size 11 by 17 inch versions of of those comics uh, and they're artist proof so they're they're you know the pencils these things are really really nice uh, i highly i highly recommend them then you can head over to instocktrades.com and you can pick up volume 20 of the trade paperback of the walking dead which is all out war part 1 for $8.49 volume 21 which is all out war part 2 for $8.69 that's 42% off the cover price you can get Aaron, the edition Aaron used on the podcast this evening 
uh, which is the All Out War AP edition, which again is like an artist proof edition. It's a it's a larger hardcover of the complete All Out War story. It told it with the rough pencils. Uh, so this is Charlie Adler's rough pencils for uh, for the issues. Seventeen dollars and forty nine cents. As well as if you prefer the hardcovers instead of the soft covers, you can get uh, volume ten of the hardcover for $20.29 and get all of All Out War in one bundle. So a lot of great stuff this month, Walking Dead related, especially stuff that we talked about on this episode over at dcbservice.com and instocktrades.com. And we thank them for their support of the Walking Dead TV podcast. And if you do order from DCB Service or Instock Trades, let them know that you heard it from the Walking Dead TV podcast. Uh, we would greatly appreciate letting them know that uh, you're a patron of theirs because of us. Cool. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, sorry, Aaron had to had to drop out, but uh, definitely check him out. Uh, his Out Now podcast with Aaron, Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Uh, give that a listen to. Head on over to hhwlod.com where you can hear all the cool stuff. Um, it's all connected. DCTV podcast, of course, this podcast. Um, and then head over to the Taylor Network of podcasts where uh, you can hear myself and occasional guest Daryl Taylor. Uh, we do a podcast with um, Chris Campbell and Mike Myers called uh, Gotham by Geeks. Uh, Jim does Nothing's On uh, with him and Donnie Salvo and Daryl Taylor as well. And yeah. Craig, uh, auto, auto chat show still going strong. Still strong. In fact, I have the Camaro we're testing this week, and the Ford Mustangs are doing a head-to-head uh, America, America edition of Auto Chat uh, coming very soon. So me and my co-host Teddy review new cars, so you don't have to. And uh, we have a lot of fun doing it. AutoChatShow dot com and Facebook dot com forward slash Auto Chat Show. So thanks for that. And uh, I just want to give a quick shout out, real quick, if I can, to one of our Facebook page members, um, Brent Jones is actually vacationing or he took a vacation down to Georgia. He put some really cool pictures up of that area in Sonoya where they filmed the show. And it's great. I mean, I feel like I'm right there. They even show the, the partial wall of uh, Alexandria where it's built down there. And it's, it's, it's pretty neat. So thank you for posting that up for all of us to enjoy, Brent. Cool. Excellent. So yeah, thanks everybody uh, for listening. And we'll be back. So I guess we'll be off a week. Uh, and then we'll be back for Fear of the Walking Dead. And then the train uh, just starts rolling and doesn't stop until uh, we get to the midpoint of uh, Walking Dead Season 7. It's a 16-week run. We kind of figured it out. So it's yeah. going to be uh, – we're going to pick it right up when Fear begins in two weeks from now. And we're not going to stop until the midseason finale of The Walking Dead proper. So it's going to be a, it's gonna be a nice 16-week run. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, Avery. Thank everybody. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Walking Dead TV podcast.